For as long as I can remember, they've been telling us to enjoy it while they're young, but our days are filled with chaos and stress and cooking and endless laundry piles. Where's the time to enjoy it? Yeah, that's what I always thought too. There's so much I have to do. When do I find time for peace and joy and happiness when I barely have time to sleep? Mama, it's time to make shift happen. You can be a happy mom. If I can, you can. Trust me. I've been a mess. I've been depressed. I've been overwhelmed. I've been to the bottom of the pits. And I've risen. I've grown. I've bloomed. And it all started when I realized I didn't have to anything. I get to. It is my privilege and my honor and my divine responsibility to be the queen of my home. It's not a burden. I'm not a burden. I'm in charge. I'm the ruler. I'm the chaos coordinator. I'm the calm in the storm. And so are you. Come with me. Let's rise, mamas. Adjust your crown. Accept your responsibility. Change the effing world together. It's all in the way we choose to see it. I'm so glad you're here, friend. You're listening to Meant to Bloom with Brittany Clarkson. Hey friend, today I'd like to share with you an interview that I did on my Instagram page last year with Caitlin Jones. Kate is a multi-passionate woman who I see as a professional encourager and part-time comedian. She's a soon-to-be published fantasy writer of the Elden series, a crafter, and a great friend. You can get in touch with Kate on Instagram at kates underscore encouragement. And I'll link her in my description of this podcast as well. So the recording got cut off a little bit. I asked her the question, in today's society, with our view of men and husbands, why does it seem to be acceptable for women to trash talk their husbands behind their backs? What are your thoughts on that? Being disrespectful to anybody. Like, there's, you have no right to be disrespectful in any circumstance. But especially when it comes to marriage, because for me, with my biblical point of view of marriage, like God holds marriage to such a high standard that like there should, you, you shouldn't purposely do something to break that apart. Mm-hmm. Especially tearing down your husband in such a way. And especially if you think about it, if you're tearing him down because of certain reasons, like you have kind of legit reasons it's not going to get better by by you tearing them down. So, <laughs> like, you're only hurting the situation more. Like, the way we talk about our husbands, if we're talking from the biblical standpoint, and we are one flesh, talking about about your husband is really, like, talking about about yourself as well. Like, yeah. And I think that's maybe why we get so like okay as a society with trash talking our husbands because we're so close to them and we're so okay with talking so bad about ourselves at the same time things we would never say about our best friend we'll say about ourselves, and we will say about our husband Hmm. so maybe it is part of the closeness why the you know the trash talk and all that kind of starts the uh the husband shaming (laughs) yeah um yeah and it's just uh i really and i do feel kind of compassionate to these people because i mean there might be a lot of things going on like everybody's marriage is complex because right. people are complex especially between the two sexes 
So um, my encouragement, if it's so hard to see the light in the situation, is counseling. And for me personally, I have, well, we did have premarital counseling. But counseling in general is a super helpful tool for yourself. And the only person that you can change is yourself. And uh, that also, in return, affects the people around you, especially your husband. Your husband's going to tell like, mm-hmm. something different. I think I like this. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Um, that was the other thought that was kind of in my head was how often we get upset with other people when we get really triggered by someone else's actions. Um, I can't remember like what scientific studies it came out in, but um, there's like a whole psychological school of thought on it that that is your own internal insecurities being reflected. Mm-hmm. So like we get most triggered by our husband's actions when it's something we're actually struggling with that we refuse to confront is a problem for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Like whenever you get angry at anybody, it's typically about you, not about them. And if you fix yeah. fix what's inside of you that you keep ignoring and shoving down, and you come to either accept that in yourself or to make adjustments to, you know, react differently than you've been reacting or whatever it is, mm-hmm. then you're no longer as triggered when someone else has that reaction because you have a new level of understanding where you see it and you don't think like, oh my gosh, they're so mean for yelling. You think they must've been really hurt if they're going to yell at this person right now, like that type of thing. And so when I started doing inner work on myself, which like with therapy and things like that, and just like journaling through like the deepest kind of struggles of my own emotions, that was like the single best thing I've ever done for my marriage. Just working on myself first. Yeah. Because then I was able to accept him as a human and love him where he is instead of picking apart every little thing about him. Because that's the best way to drive a wedge through a marriage is just picking apart all the little things that don't actually matter. Yeah. And that's something huge. Like, okay, so I guess we should lay out, like, who's talking. So I have been married since May of 2020. So I haven't quite reached the two-year mark. And I don't have any kids, but I can tell you from the little bit of time that I've been married that, like, the before you're married, you might not notice a ton of things that he, he, your spouse does that's really, really aggravating because you don't live together. Well, I mean, kids, uh, that's what things, they wait till marriage. And uh, I can tell you that there's been a lot of things and I'm like, I'm just like my mom. <laughs> like, just little things that aggravate me that I remember my mom being aggravated with. I'm like, why can't like, you just like, put the socks in the hamper things. yourself? Like, this really isn't a big deal. So, yeah. you learn a lot, like, within the first year or two of marriage of, uh, like, these little nuances that really just don't matter, and you just need to just take a deep breath and realize it's not the end of the <laughs> Right. Yes. And so I've been married seven years and we have three kids, all five and under. So yeah, I definitely remember the like learning curve of moving in together and like 
splitting household chores and like yeah. getting used to sleep patterns and yeah, all that. And then you have kids and then like everything changes again because as the mom, like all of your habits and like all of your intentions completely shift. And then he's just like, but I don't understand why things are different because it didn't change him like biologically going through pregnancy and having all the maternal like yeah, I wake up at 2 a.m. whether the baby wakes up or not, because that's what I'm used to. Like, <laughs> I hear things yeah. that other humans can't hear anymore as a mom of a newborn. You get, like, those superhuman senses. And then that's it's really easy cool. to get frustrated with oh, him for not even waking up when a baby uh, cries. Thing to experience, but... <laughs> right. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I think it just keeps going like that. Is every new stage of life, it's just you got to relearn everybody's always changing so yeah yeah and you know people pick up new habits along the way too that can feel annoying when you know it's not your habit and that's something that change does to anybody whether you're married or not like yeah change really rock your world (laughs) whether for the good or the bad i mean even if it is bad like you can always learn from it. And that's the really beautiful thing about marriage for me that I think of is you get to go through life with this man or with this woman, right. like depending on the perspective, like you're looking at with your spouse. <clears throat> and like, regardless of the changes, whether uh, like you're moving or you have kids or you like all the things that can happen in your life because life is messy and life is unpredictable. Um, you still have your spouse to look to, to like help you along the way. And I think that's pretty cool. It's like having your best friend for life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. I think as like a society, we lose that perspective of like, your husband is like your forever companion and you get to do life together. It's not an added obstacle. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I mean, if we had that perspective going into marriage that, you know, husbands are lousy and, you know, we're just going to think about all the bad parts about them. um, Then no one would get married. Yeah. And even if they did like, I don't expect it to be successful with that kind of mentality. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. Yeah. That definitely, like, perspective is huge. Not just in marriage, but yeah, uh, it helps your overall attitude, how you react to situations and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, what, what's that other point that we had on there? <clears throat> um, oh, I'm looking at a comment from Lacey. Thanks. I think there is a difference in talking crap about your partner about the small things versus speaking genuine support or advice from an appropriate mentor during a troubling time. Yes, absolutely. Um, When I think about like trash, like trash talking my husband, I think like when you're just like out with the girls or like having coffee and you all just start like that little like, oh, your husband's bad. Like listen to what my husband did. Yeah. Where it's like, it's not helping anybody to have a group of women all complaining about their husbands. 
even though it seems like that can be so harmless. Yeah, if you have those small annoyances, you shouldn't ignore them. We just shouldn't be, like, gossiping about it. Because gossiping doesn't help. Bringing it to the person definitely does. Or, you know, should. If there's mutual respect. Right. Yeah, Lacey, uh, you're making Mm -hmm. good points there. Uh, I would be hurt, too. If I found out my husband was, like, talking bad about me I would be heartbroken man right and I just couldn't handle I wouldn't be able to handle that that'd be ah um and also what she uh Lacey had mentioned let's see I gotta scroll back up uh yeah if there is uh something going on in your marriage that you honestly don't know how to uh approach like I mean marriage is a learning process and Mm -hmm. if there is like something of genuine concern definitely seek out somebody who has been there and done that that is a wise counsel it doesn't have to be a counselor but like I've I've got like people in my life from church or that I've just known that I would definitely go to to ask questions like what would you do in this situation (laughs) So another point we were wanting to discuss was about like the honeymoon having to end. Oh yeah, man. Whenever I was getting married and I hate the comments of like, wait until the honeymoon phase is over. Mm -hmm. Your eyes will be opened. And I'm like, okay, so first off, uh, I try to be as level-headed as possible as a person. I am emotional. I will say that. Um, so that can be difficult sometimes. <laughs> but when it comes to people, I know people are flawed. Like, I knew before getting into marriage that Jordan was not perfect. Though, like, infatuation, yes, like, I thought he was amazing. And I still think he is an amazing man. But, um, like... But the thought of the honeymoon phase has to end. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Like, then what you're saying there is, like, you no longer have fun after a certain period of time. Right. It's like, yes, the honeymoon has to end because that's a phase. But why are people always insinuating that everything sucks after that? Like, yeah. Why does it have to be bad when the honeymoon phase is over? Can't that be, like, where the fun really starts when you guys, like, have fully like met each other like you've lived together a year or so and now you know like each other's patterns and habits and like you've learned each other's hearts at such a deeper level like right and I feel like that would be even more not only interesting but more enjoyable when you've reached that point when, like, whenever you hear some, like, these, this old couple who's been married for, like, 60 years, and it's just, like, man, that's just so cool, because, like, some, some couple some couples, and I won't say all of them, but some couples who really invested in their marriage, uh, like, it's just so cute, and I'm, like, oh, I want to be like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think if we just looked at every phase more as, like, a time of learning, you know, you're building the marriage. You, the honeymoon phase is just like the first block on a 60-year marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Lacey 
made a comment again uh different faces are special in their own space and that's definitely true and in god's word it says like there is a time and season for everything mm-hmm. so you aren't always going to be happy and joyful and beautiful rainbows and unicorns right so it won't be like that but like i mentioned before the, the thought of being able to go through all of those seasons mm-hmm. with this one man or with this one woman that like it's great <laughs> like right. you don't have to go through this alone which is uh, a big theme in the bible like we are meant for relations so right i think sometimes when we start getting like irritated in the marriage it's that we forget like yeah Marriage isn't sunshine and rainbows all the time, but also if you were all by yourself, it wouldn't be sunshine and rainbows all the time either. And I think right. we forget that and we start to like take the things that would be hurting if we were on our own and we just start like putting them where they don't belong and being like, mm-hmm. I'm hurting right now because you won't put the socks in the hamper instead of like, <laughs> I'm hurting right now because this deep pain that's like, been eating away at me for years and I've just never resolved it. Like <laughs> just misplacing yeah. the negativity. But yeah, I mean, the enemy loves to destroy marriage. And I have recently started seeing like every time I'm mad at my husband for something. And then, you know, we always have this habit of if we get mad at each other, we just like give each other space for a few minutes and then everything's usually totally fine because we get mad about dumb stuff that doesn't really need resolved. It's like, why'd you leave a sink on the counter again? That kind of thing. Um, So like when I'm rage cleaning the kitchen, I have all this time to myself to think. And I always just like immediately forget why I'm mad at him. And then recently I've just been thinking like, this, everything is going really great in life why is this dumb little thing causing a hiccup in one of the like most important pieces of my life right now? Like having a strong marriage is important to raise like my strong children in. Um, Like I don't want to be a single mom. So why am I so, so mad at this little thing that like wouldn't cause me to leave my husband? And I'm yeah. realizing it's like, it's an, it's a spiritual warfare kind of an attack happening on me. And I'm like, Absolutely. this wasn't, this, this isn't something that me and him are actually like mad about, but it's causing such a stir. And I can just feel like the negative energy around. And it's like, this isn't, this isn't us fighting each other. Right. It's us together fighting the enemy So now I'm going to go over the board and like apologize and like just, you know, love my husband the way the enemy doesn't want me to. Right. And that's a huge thing to keep in mind because like you said, like it's, it's not always just about your husband or things that trigger you. Like it's, it can also be a spiritual warfare kind of thing because that's real. <laughs> yeah. And uh, definitely have to be in prayer over that protection because mm-hmm. you don't want that kind of thing to raise its head and uh, cause even more trouble than what it should. Right. 
Right. So the last point I have written down was my note from um, the Sherlock Gnomes movie that I was yeah telling you about. Um, so, yeah. So for anyone who's never seen Sherlock Gnomes, there's this part, like, the garden is in trouble and Gnomeo and Juliet have to, like, protect it. But it's also their anniversary, and Nomeo is going out of his way to try to get this flower for Juliet. And Juliet is just, like, not giving him the time of day. She's completely, like, laser-focused on saving the garden. And there's one point where she just turns to him, and she says, the garden can't wait. You can. And he, you just watch him, like, be heartbroken. And I thought to myself, watching this for like the millionth time with my kids, and I'm just like, how many times have I done that to my husband? Like, totally put something else priority over him instead of like coming alongside of him and going through it together. Yeah. And especially in the situation that they, they were personifying in the movie, like, uh, that would... That just breaks my heart. Like, he's trying his best to, like, please her and, like, uh, like show how much he loves her, you know? And just to, like, blow him off like that. Oh, man. Heart stab. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as real-life circumstances, because we're people and not numbs, mm. uh, we can... Uh, easily do that. Like, it could be work, it could be mm -hmm. kids, it could be like whatever that is taking precedence over your marriage, it can really damage it if you continue to prioritize in a way that's unhealthy. So, right. That's, you definitely have to keep in mind. And it's, it's real easy to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> Right. I mean, yeah, there's definitely seasons where, like, you need to allocate, like, more time for, you know, work or something around the house or the kids. Yeah. But we can do that in a more respectful way than getting really stressed out about the thing we're trying to prioritize and then just shutting him down and shutting him out. Right. Um, you know, because then you're actually, you know, instead of just, like, putting your marriage on the back burner, you're just, like, burning it. Like, you're causing a new problem to deal with later with the emotions right. that are going to stir up having like put that divide in there saying like I just don't have time for you instead of Ugh. I need to focus on this maybe you can help me like like forgive me but like that phrase right there like I don't have time for you like can you imagine going to bed with that person after that like, <laughs> like that just so oh uh, that just Right. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of times, though, when we say it, we're not actually like using the phrase, I don't have time for you. We're saying it more in our actions or yes. like we're not meaning to say it, but that's what they're hearing. That's true. That's true. Uh, so in those seasons where like you do need to set aside more time towards something, um, Again, we're doing life together, so talk about it with your husband. Like, look, I really need to do this, and it would be very helpful if you could do X, Y, and Z. Like, this will do that for them to like help you out uh, and whatnot. Right. So, don't try to be a lone ranger in trying to accomplish a goal or 
whatever it may be. Right. And also men are not mind readers. If it would be very helpful for them to do something, we have to lay it out for them and let them know, like, if I'm doing this right now, I really, really need your help doing this exact thing at this exact time. That would be helpful to me instead of just getting irritated, irritated that they didn't do what you wish they'd done, but never asked or never. Or sometimes we say something like in passing and think in our heads, like we ask them to do that. But actually, that's not how the communication works between, like, the man and the woman. And he needs you to, like, look him in the eyes and be like, I need this done. This isn't a, like, would be nice if you do it. Like, I need you to do this for me. Yes. And I don't know if the Lord made us this way or if this, like, is a part of our sin nature. I don't know which is which in in this instance. But that is the most common thing. I hear from most women, and no matter how long they've been married, it's like, all right, men don't read minds, okay? You Mm -hmm. guys tell him, lay it out. Don't be vague. Don't be uh, passive-aggressive or whatever, (laughs) because he's going to have no idea that you're actually asking him to do something unless you just lay it out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But it really, because for us, as far as, I know I'm generalizing, but in this situation, we both agree, like, it's kind of aggravating that we have to do that, right? Uh, Yeah. That, like, we have to learn how to be better people. (laughs) Like, that's really, uh, like, the biggest annoyance in my life. (laughs) uh, One of the biggest things in marriage is communication. Mm -hmm. And learning that ahead of time, that you have to be direct with him, is more helpful than an aggravation, if you really look at it. Like, all right, I know how I need to communicate to him. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, like, especially for me, it's just like, why do I have to tell you this? (laughs) Right. Yeah, I think our biggest struggle with that has been, like, trying to get a really good bedtime routine for the boys. Because I always dreamed that my husband would be putting them to bed. You know, I spend all day with them. My dream was that he would come home and put them, like, through bath time and all that while I, you know, can clean the kitchen or have a break. Um, Yeah. But what I never anticipated was that he'd have to come home from work and then have to, like, work another hour or two. Mm-hmm. and then have to do, like, all the chores that I won't do, like, taking the trash all the way out to the curb. Yeah. Which, I mean, we have, like, maybe a quarter-mile-long driveway, so I'm not going to take yeah. the trash that far. He can do it. Um, <laughs> but I'd find that I'm upstairs giving the kids a bath while he's finishing up work, and he's taking out the trash or emptying the litter box, and I'm just, like, up there getting mad that I'm giving the kids a bath by myself. <laughs> And then I sit there and think, like, well, did I plan this well? Could could I have, like, asked him to finish his work before he even, like, came in the house and had dinner? Or could I have given the kids a bath earlier instead of waiting until, like, an hour past their bedtime to start where I have to do it by myself? Or they stay up until 1230? Like, yeah, I've started 
thinking about it as I'm getting angry, started like questioning, like, well, what could I have done differently to not put myself in this situation where he's finishing up work or doing some household chore and I'm up here getting mad, giving my kids a bath. And he has no idea that I didn't want to give him a bath. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a really good thing to think about, too, because you might even solve your own problem by reflecting on, like, all right, I could have just done it differently, you know? Uh Or, like, I save folding laundry for, like, bedtime because I I wash it downstairs and I take it upstairs and put it in my room and then I sort and fold. Um, Like, ideally, I do the laundry folding it when my husband's reading a book to the kids. Um, Yeah. But some nights he's, like, still getting some work done. And I have to do it all myself. So I have to put off folding laundry. And then I have to question like, well, maybe I could have folded laundry in the middle of the day. There's no (laughs) rule that says I'm not allowed to go upstairs during the day. (laughs) So, And all in all, like even with things like that, because for me, I I would get really frustrated if if I continually had to be put in those situations. So for me, a reminder of like, it's not the end of the world if I don't fold the laundry. Right. It's okay if there's a mess. It's okay. Like, there's so many expectations. Like, everybody has their own expectations, but there tends to be a lot on that list that we expect to either get done or mm-hmm. things look and you go to Absolutely. bed and you're like, dang it. <laughs> it's not what I wanted, but it's just... If you wake up in the morning, then the Lord has given you another day to live. Be grateful for that. Right. And another day to finish up yesterday's to-do list. (laughs) Yeah. He knew you needed another day. (laughs) Allow yourself grace. That's something big. Yes. I've been really working on, like, letting go of stress lately. I can always feel the urge, like, rising up, especially with the holidays. And I'm trying to, like, not do all the things. And I'm trying to enjoy the moments. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode of Meant to Bloom. It really does mean the world to me. But are you ready to take this a step farther? Check out the description below of this episode and grab your mindset makeover. It's totally free, my gift to you. Then hop on Instagram and let me know what you thought of this episode. Tag me at Britt Clarkson. That's B-R-I-T-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. If any part of this resonated with you, please... Let me know by tagging me or leave a review and share on social media so other mamas can find this too. If it helped you, it's going to help someone else. You're part of a movement now. Let's go. Mm -hmm.